This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, and to find out how you can volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Mysteries of Adolfo by Anne Radcliffe. Volume 4, Chapter 19. Now my task is smoothly done. I can fly, or I can run quickly to the green earth's end where the bowed welkin low doth bend and from thence can soar as soon to the corners of the moon milton the marriages of the lady blanche and emily saint aubert were celebrated on the same day and with the ancient baronial magnificence at chateau le blanc the feasts were held in the great hall of the castle which on this occasion was hung with superb new tapestry representing the exploits of Charlemagne and his twelve peers. Here were seen the Saracens, with their horrible visors advancing to battle, and there were displayed the wild solemnities of incantation and the necromantic feats exhibited by the magician Jarl before the Emperor. The sumptuous banners of the family of Villeroy, which had long slept in dust, were once more unfurled to wave over the gothic points of painted casements, and music echoed in many a lingering close through every winding gallery and colonnade of that vast edifice. As Annette looked down from the corridor upon the hall, whose arches and windows were illuminated with brilliant festoons of lamps, and gazed on the splendid dresses of the dancers, the costly liveries of the attendants, canopies of purple velvet and gold and listened to the gay strains that floated along the vaulted roof she almost fancied herself in an enchanted palace and declared that she had not met with any place which charmed her so much since she read the fairy tales nay that the fairies themselves at their nightly revels in this old hall could display nothing finer while old dorothy as she surveyed the scene sighed and said the castle looked as it was wont to do in the time of her youth. After gracing the festivities of Chateau Le Blanc for some days, Valancourt and Emily took leave of their kind friends and returned to La Vallée, where the faithful Teresa received them with unfeigned joy, and the pleasant shades welcomed them with a thousand tender and affecting remembrances and while they wandered together over the scenes so long inhabited by the late Monsieur and Madame Saint-Aubert, and Emily pointed out, with pensive affection, their favourite haunts, her present happiness was heightened by considering that it would have been worthy of their approbation could they have witnessed it. Valancourt led her to the plane-tree on the terrace, where he had first ventured to declare his love, and where now the remembrance of the anxiety he had then suffered, and the retrospect of all the dangers and misfortunes they had each encountered, since last they sat together beneath its broad branches, exalted the sense of their present felicity, which on this spot, sacred to the memory of Saint-Aubert, they solemnly vowed to deserve, as far as possible, by endeavouring to imitate his benevolence, by remembering that superior attainments of every sort bring with them duties of superior exertion, 
and by affording to their fellow-beings, together with that portion of ordinary comforts, which prosperity always owes to misfortune, the example of lives passed in happy thankfulness to God, and therefore in careful tenderness to his creatures. Soon after their return to La Vallée, the brother of Valancourt came to congratulate him on his marriage, and to pay his respects to Emily, with whom he was so much pleased, as well with the prospect of rational happiness, which these nuptials offered to Valancourt, that he immediately resigned to him a part of the rich domain, the whole of which, as he had no family, would of course descend to his brother on his decease. The estates at Toulouse were disposed of, and Emily purchased of Monsieur Cunel, the ancient domain of her late father, where having given Annette a marriage portion, she settled her as the housekeeper, and Ludovico as the steward. But since both Valancourt and herself preferred the pleasant and long-loved shades of La Vallée to the magnificence of Epouville, they continued to reside there, passing, however, a few months in the year at the birthplace of Saint-Aubert, in tender respect to his memory. The legacy which had been bequeathed to Emily by Signora Laurentini, she begged Valancourt would allow her to resign to Monsieur Bonnac, and Valancourt, when she made the request, felt all the value of the compliment it conveyed. The castle of Odelfo also descended to the wife of Monsieur Bonnac, who was the nearest surviving relation of the house of that name and thus affluence restored his long-oppressed spirits to peace, and his family to comfort. Oh, how joyful it is to tell of happiness, such as that of Valancourt and Emily, to relate that, after suffering under the oppression of the vicious and the disdain of the weak, they were at length restored to each other, to the beloved landscapes of their native country, to the securest felicity of this life, that of aspiring to moral and labouring for intellectual improvement, to the pleasures of enlightened society, and to the exercise of the benevolence which had always animated their hearts, while the bowers of La Vallée became once more the retreat of goodness, wisdom, and domestic blessedness. Oh, useful may it be to have shown, that though the vicious can sometimes pour affliction upon the good, their power is transient, and their punishment certain and that innocence, though oppressed by injustice, shall, supported by patience, finally triumph over misfortune. And if the weak hand that has recorded this tale has, by its scenes, beguiled the mourner of one hour of sorrow, or by its moral taught him to sustain it, the effort, however humble, has not been vain, nor is the writer unrewarded. End of Volume 4 Chapter 19 End of The Mysteries of Adolfo by Anne Radcliffe